Welcome to the Pro AV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. As generations come and go and technology continues to evolve at an accelerated rate, the AV landscape needs to create smooth transitions to make sure knowledge is distributed and embraced by incoming generations. Tim Albright, executive producer, founder, and president of AV Nation Media, joins us today to talk about the generational tensions and hurdles in the industry, the video over IP fight, and the need for tighter and more consistent network security. How are you doing, Tim? I am well, Elmer. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for joining us. So, Tim, I wanted to start by kind of uh, getting a feel for what we're seeing in the industry right now overall. And, and, you know, you can you can tackle this in any way you want, but I know specifically I would like to talk about network security and the video over IP fight. So let's just talk about it generally. What are you seeing in the industry right now that you might have not been seeing, you know, five years ago even? Oh, wow. Yeah, those those two right there. I The, the first one I would say is is the video over IP fight. That started, in my estimation, uh, at ISC, Integrated Systems Europe, this year uh, in 2018, back in February uh, in Amsterdam. And, I mean, uh, folks have been doing video over IP for a number of years now. Some were doing it just with basic twisted pair. And, and what I mean by that is they were they, they were using the, the category cable um, as just a, a transport. They were using the, the copper as another form of, of analog video, right? They wasn't they weren't digitizing it. There wasn't a ones and zeros involved. But it, it, it almost felt like they were they were preparing the audiovisual integrator to, to do a cat five, right? To to do think of an RJ forty five as a connector, as a video connector now, right? And right, right. Um then obviously a number of folks have, have you know came out with with technology that, that allowed actual ones and zeros to be, you know, converted into a, a high quality Video. I mean, I remember 20 years ago, uh, you know, when when Sorensen, the encryptor, came out, and that allowed us to compress uh, the video down. And it was not great, you know. If you if you're old enough to remember, you know, Real Player and, and and the video that was around on on the internet back, you know, 20 years ago, it wasn't great video, but it was there, right? It was it was cool and it was different and it was you know the the, the just the leading edge of, of of the internet and technology, but it was what was not something that an AV dealer would feel comfortable putting into a system, right? You're not going to distribute that uh, in a lecture hall. You're not going to distribute that over a campus. And then folks, you know, figured, okay, let's, let's try to put together a, a professional version of that or a broadcast version of that. And so a number of companies came out with point-to-point systems, first and foremost, right? So this was, you had, a, you had an encoder, you had a decoder, and you had a cable between them. And sometimes you had a, a matrix for that technology um, to, to ch- channel it the right way in the right direction. And then folks started saying, okay, well, what about the actual network, right? What about using real, real switches, right? What about going down to the, you know, to the micro center and grabbing a Cisco switch or grabbing a, a net gear switch and can we do that? Well, not 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 exactly with the point to point, but give give us a second. And so you've you've got this this technology now where we can send high quality video over an actual switch, whether that's JPEG two thousand or it's, it's VC two or it's um, some other sort of a proprietary uh, technology that is taking the the video HD video and, and up to four K video now um, at sixty frames sometimes. And sending it, you know, converting it into ones and zeros and sending it over an actual network. And this last ISE was when it it kind of felt like it, almost anybody who's going to do it is doing it. And now they're looking at each other um, 
as competitors. Uh, up until this point, it's, oh, hey, yeah, that, that company over there is doing it. Oh, isn't that cool? That company, no, no. Now they're, they're getting into competition mode where, uh, you know, we're doing it better than anybody else and everybody else sucks. Well, my personal opinion is that there are, there are absolutely use cases uh, for most of the technology that's out there. There really, really is. I mean, if you're, if you're wanting, you know, uh, medical grade, you know, high resolution video and you have to send it over, over the network, then there is def- definitely a solution for that. If you're just showing, you know, folks the, the, the game uh, in a bar, you don't need, you know, you know absolutely pristine 4K 6444, you know, over fiber. You don't. It's, you know, the, the guy drinking at the at the bar, the gal drinking at the bar doesn't care. <laughs> so, you know, you, there, there are definitely situations where you go, okay, this is this is fine for that. And there, there's situations where, you know, we we want to, you know, have, you know, the utmost quality that we that we can. And in in those cases you say, you know, money is no object type thing. And and the 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 cost of those systems definitely reflect that. Um, the other part is, is absolutely network security. And this has been, this has probably been about two year process, year and a half, two year process where, you know, up until this point, one of the things that was happening was, was dealers were putting in their own network, their own systems. Um, didn't matter what, what the security was because nobody was getting in and nobody was getting out, right? There was, there was no, um, connection. And so nobody was really worried about it. And then you had things like the, the target hack which has been said ad nauseum, but it, 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 uh, the way they got into it was because of a, of a security breach in an HVAC system that was on the network, right? And so the AV industry goes, well, that sucks. Glad it's them, not us. Well, you know, and a couple of stories came out about us, right? About, you know, some of our control systems or some of our, our BTC systems or some of our, our, our touch panels that were definitely compromised in, in a very public way. And it was a good wake up call to the industry. They go, oh, wait, this, this really is, is, is our problem. Um, I don't know if you remember, there was a, a major DDoS attack um, a year and a half ago. It was in the fall and it took down like Netflix. It took down uh, Amazon. It took down a bunch of folks on the East Coast. And a, a, a gentleman uh, by the name of, of, of Krebs, Krebs on Security is, is his website. He listed all of the folks, all of the products involved in that DDoS attack. Right, so these the hackers, the the bad actors that had gotten a hold of of devices that were on networks, and then they were able to use those devices um, through nefarious means to create this DDoS attack. And you look through there, and there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of stuff that you would have, you would you would kind of assume, right? There's DVRs on there, there's there's webcams, stuff like that. About halfway down, there is a networked powered speaker, a professional network powered speaker from a company you would find on, on Infocom's show floor. And when I was doing presentations at the time about IoT and about security to, to integrators, I would put that, that list up there. And I would do the same thing. I'd say, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that you're going to, oh, wait, what is this? You know, how many of you have sold this product? How many of you have installed this product? And the room gets deadly silent, right? Because they all have in, in one, some point in their career. And you're able to have a conversation with them about security and about some just best practices. Um, thankfully, here in the last couple of weeks, uh, Avixa has released uh, guidelines. And that's not a standard, but it's, it's guidelines on network security. And it's simple things like 
You know what? When you take the 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 device out of the package, I don't care if it's a, it's a camera, it's a speaker, it's it's whatever. Um, change the login and password. And I know that sounds simplistic, but you would be shocked. And I can point again to Krebs because that's obviously what happened there, where they don't. And 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 taking responsibility for the security of the network uh, in in ways that we haven't in the past. And I think that's going to be a good education. Uh, for the industry and for individual dealers here in the next year or so. Right. And it's, it's always so funny, right? Especially when we talk about IOT, like it's the simplest and easiest and most uh, sometimes on the nose uh, worries, which are the ones we have to worry about. Right. Yep. Yeah. So it's always, it's always fascinating how that works out. And uh, you know, to, to expand on that a little bit, I'm I'm curious, you know, someone in your position have you seen a noticeable transition as different generations come and go into the industry? How has that shifted, you know, the not only the marketplace, like from the consumer side, but just the way uh, programming or, or the way uh, uh, most of your job goes? Well, it's, it's, you've got a couple different things going here. You've, you've got now four generations um, in the industry, right? right. You've got, uh, so I'm, I'm a Gen Xer. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I am the, the woefully forgotten generation between the boomers and the millennials. God love them. <laughs> um, you know, we, we don't get anything but, but, but Nirvana, um, I guess is, is what we have going for us. That was a good, that was a good one though. It was a good, was one. A good one to you have. Know, <laughs> and Nirvana. Could have been worse. Yeah. You know, um, but you, you've got now four generations cause there is a generation already after the millennials. Um, and I get as tired as, uh, the, the generation behind me of hearing how awful millennials are because they're not, they're just different. Right. And we were different than the, the boomers. Um, right. At, at its core, it's just a fear, right? Like of not understanding it, right? Like well, not understanding each other. Some of it's a fear and some of it's a fear of change. It's not necessarily right, a fear right. of, the, of the, of the group, right. Or the, or the generation. It, it's just, you know, uh, you've got old stodgy folks who have, you know, we've always done it this way. So we're always going to do it this way, which just on the face of it is, is asinine. Um, I don't care what industry <laughs> it is. <laughs> and, right, right. Across the board. Exactly. And and you've got folks who, you know, they're as a, as a society, we're living longer. And you have folks who traditionally, you know, 50 years ago, when, when, when the boomers were, were coming up, uh, I guess you know, 40 years ago, when the boomers were coming up, that the generation that was before them, they were retiring at 60, 65, you know, 67, um, because, you know, the, the health wasn't great or, you know, it, it, it was time to retire and the, and the pensions were there and this and the other. Now you have a, a, the boomer generation that they're living longer because they're healthier, because the healthcare system is, is better. The healthcare in general is better. Um, they don't want to leave. They, you know, either fear what happens next or they, they simply built these companies or they've just been doing it this long and, and they, they just, they genuinely enjoy what they do and they don't want to let go of the reins. And then you've got these, these folks coming up who were excited about this industry. They, they've got all these great ideas. Yes, they absolutely have a different working mechanism. Yes, they have different wants and needs and desires and likes, and that's okay because you did do, you know? Um, you know, if you, you listen to the, 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 the builder generation and, you know, whether it's the content they, they consumed or the music or the, you know, the, their work mentality of, you know, you, you worked, you know, nine to five and you worked for 40 years and you got a gold watch and that was it. And you left the boomers are acting differently than they did. Right. So they, again, you, you've got different music and different tastes and different desires. 
Gen Xers are, are kind of like, well, you know what, we're, we're just kind of like making our way. And, and I would say that, that you, you, the older generation, the one even beyond me, they have to come to the understanding that they will eventually have to give up the reins and to do so in a responsible manner actually benefits them and benefits the industry more than dying with your boots on and taking all your knowledge with you. Right. Let's make this a smooth transition. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And I, and I'm glad you brought up that it's, yeah, it's not just the two. There is still like the, an older guard and in like this middle too, that doesn't get talked about uh, for no real reason, actually. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense. I guess, yeah, that might be it. Yeah. That's, that's really it. Yeah, Gen X is is a is a a a per small percentage of both boomers and uh, the millennials. I mean, the millennials are, are actually bigger than than the boomer uh, generation, um, and just from a population standpoint. And so, yeah, we get. I, I, and this is going to sound yeah self serving, but but and I don't mean it to be you know oh what was me, but we are we are just just physically smaller in population. Um, there are there are a number of leaders or a number of great entrepreneurs that are that are Gen Xers, um, but we don't get you know <laughs> that much ink, I guess, that you've know, written about that much simply because of, of, of our size. Um, because there are some great folks, and and from a, a sheer numbers size, um, they're gonna you require uh, more time because there are more of them uh, in in the millennials. Right, right. So, uh, Tim, my I, my other question is. What are some of the the biggest challenges in the industry right now? Right, you you mentioned before we we started recording uh, about getting beyond the boxes and, and really selling the end results. Right, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so the, one of the this is uh, to take on you know not just a Vix's um, drum beat, but also a number of other uh, manufacturers where you've got to start selling the actual end result. Um, go back to the the old guard and, and a lot of folks from from you know that are in their 40s and, and 50s and they've sold boxes the majority of their career i mean you take somebody who's who's 44 45 years old they've there's a good chance that they've been in this industry for 20 25 years well 20 25 years ago you were still selling boxes right um you you walked into a space and you go okay you need this and this and this and this big matrix and this you know this ginormous you know 20 rack unit <laughs> matrix switch that cost $500,000 and, um, you know, creates, you know, 120 degrees of heat. So you've got to, you know, excavate that. Um, but the current folks that we are selling to, and a lot of them are, are IT managers. I would, I would argue the vast majority of them are IT managers or in some way, shape, or form in the IT um, departments, especially on the commercial side. The residential side, it's a, it's a different story. But you've got folks that just want the stuff to work, number one. They don't want to get called. Um, and they want to have a seamless, great experience when they do whatever it is they want to do. If it's a conference um, system, they want to have a meeting. Right, it's, it's nothing more more complex than that. They just want to have a meeting, and they don't want all of the, the hoops to jump through to have the meeting. So you know the, the huddle spaces and this that and the other have, have wrapped up probably over the last four or five years, at least the term. And it's a meeting room. That's what it is. You know, yes, you can call it a huddle space if, if if that makes you feel better, if it helps you sell stuff. But it's a meeting room. 
it's a meeting room for three to four people, but it's a meeting room, right? And and companies have recognized that the need for the big ginormous boardroom where, yes, it's probably, you know, important for the board of directors to have that on a, on a monthly or, or quarterly basis, but the actual work that gets done is done in small groups. So give those small groups a space to go meet. And regardless of what you call it, it, it is a small meeting space. And some of those spaces, they need to share content. Well, what's the easiest and quickest way to do that? Well, you've got a display up here. And, and if you need to connect, well, there, here's a cable. If you don't want to connect, if you really hate cables, then there's some wireless technology that we have now. Great, cool, groovy. Just make it work, right? Just, just make it to where when I walk in, it just works. That's what they care about, right? It, it's not the greatest, you know, 15946, you know, XYZ product um, that is this, that, and the other. I, Mark Coxon, who's, who's a buddy of mine, he works for Barco, um, writes for a great publication and, and, and podcaster in his own right, said this um, right before Infocom. Uh, and I want, to say, I want to say it was on Twitter. Um, he can probably correct me if I'm wrong on this. But he said, we, we need to stop making our booths look like Best Buy because our customers are treating us like Best Buy. When we stop doing that, then they'll stop treating us like Best Buy. In other words, stop making your presentations, stop making your booths look like a department store, look like an like electronic store because then you're just commoditizing yourself. Create experiences. You know, you walk into a booth, you walk into a showroom, you, you go and do a presentation for a Fortune, you know, 500 company. Don't talk about the box. Talk about what they're going to experience. Talk about what they're going to get out of partnering with you. Right. And, that, and that's fascinating, right? Because I think th that's got to be the inherent struggle right now because pushing a, a product specifically is difficult just because I think while the average consumer is probably more knowledgeable about this stuff than ever, there's still so many things and, and, and technology is moving at such an accelerated rate right now that it's impossible to keep track of, you know, what product uh, you're supposed to want or need at that time. Right. So I think, yeah, focusing on the end game and that experience, because at the end of the day, that's what the person's thinking about. Right. Like no one, like you said, no one goes around, you know, with their serial number or whatever and, and or product number and, and, and is talking about it in that way. So I think it makes sense, right? It, it it comes from both sides, from the consumer adapting and and from uh, you know people in the industry kind of meeting them halfway there. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, Tim, my last question for you is, you know, what are you looking forward to? What do you see on the horizon that that's got you either excited or, or not excited? Um, I'll give you an excited and a not excited. Um, I'm actually excited for the the youth coming up uh, and bringing uh, new blood and new ideas to this industry. Um, as much has been written and, and hand-wringing that has been going on uh, about, you know, generational fights. And, and, and I don't put a whole lot of stock in the actual phrase generational issues, but understanding that these folks have great ideas and they're valid and, you know, they're, they're getting put into positions where they can start realizing some of those um, some of those ideas. And I think that's exciting. Um, what I'm not excited for is, you know, the, the, some of the, the mergers and acquisitions that have been going on. And, you know, I, I understand the business reasons for it, uh, especially for publicly held companies. You're, you have stockholders, you, you have to, um, you either grow through acquisition or you go through growth, right? You have to go through increasing sales. 
And so I understand that the business need for it. Um, but I also understand the, the human cost of that. And there have been some folks that, you know, that have, there are companies that have, have lost their way through acquisitions and some companies that simply aren't around anymore that did some really great inventive things. But uh, for whatever reason, when they got consumed by, by a bigger uh, organism, by a bigger company, you know, those, those ideas and, and those um, uh, exciting, innovative um, products just kind of, kind of went by the wayside uh, for, for, you know, for need of, of something else. Well, Tim, thank you so much for joining us. I, I appreciate your time immensely. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content for your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have a good day.